Welcome to the Life Fellowship Ministries International Broadcast. Our mission is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. And now, join us for the Life Fellowship Experience. We're in the second week of this series, Promises, Problems, and Purposes, the story of uh, uh, Joseph, rather. And uh, today's message is the promise. And I've been taking my time to go through this and and lay the foundation, the background, and things like that. Because I think it's really important for us. Because I I believe that this series, we're going to discover maybe some things through the life of Joseph that are very uh, relevant to our lives. You know, we can change our minds. We can change our commitments. We can change our loyalties. We can change our desires. We can change our love. Our love can be conditional. I love you if you. I love you when you. I don't love you. We can withhold forgiveness from one another. You know, when we think about all that we've been forgiven of, and then we want to hold somebody at, at a standard that maybe we can't even meet. And forgiveness, unforgiveness can, can seriously lead to a root of bitterness and anger and resentment. And I've seen bitterness destroy people's lives because of unforgiveness we can compromise godly principles godly integrity we can be inconsistent in our godly obedience listen we know what god is asking of us not from a religious ritualistic standpoint but from uh, relationship and god's love is a constant You know, it doesn't matter what we've done or what we haven't done. God's love is a constant. God's principles are a constant. He doesn't change. His truths and his principles don't change. God honors his commitment to us. God is a constant and consistent. My first point this morning is God's promises and purposes may look different and take longer than what you envision. You know, it's kind of like the, the, the saying that when you're doing remodeling, it always looks different, it always takes longer, and it always costs more than what you think it's going to be. But, you know, sometimes that's God's protection and provision and blessing over us that we don't get what we think we want. <laughs> Even knowing the promises and purposes, the timing, the process, the outcome may be different from our expectations and are we at a place where we say you know what i'm okay lord with what you want to do and i'm willing to yield my life and my destiny to you jacob who was joseph's dad was the third generation of promise to uh, birth and to uh, to birth the promise and to form the nations of israel and uh, the many nations that came from, from Jacob's sons. Joseph's promises, you know, I know sometimes it can be a, a little confusing because Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph. And sometimes, you know, it's a little hard to keep track of everybody there. But Joseph's promises and purpose were tied to what God had spoken to Abraham that was passed down to Isaac that came to Jacob, 
who was the third generation of promise, who through his loins and his lineage came the promises. And that was through Joseph. Let's go to Genesis 48, verses 3 and 4. And this is a reiteration from what God had spoken to Jacob. And so Jacob tells Joseph in Genesis 48, God Almighty appeared to me at Luz, uh, also known as Bethel. Um, Jacob renamed that to Bethel, which means house of God. Um, God Almighty appeared to me at Luz, also known as, as Bethel, in the land of Canaan and blessed me. He said to me, I will make you fruitful and I will multiply your descendants. I will make you a multitude of nations, and I will give this land of Canaan to your descendants after you as an everlasting possession. So that was a promise that, that the Lord had given to uh, Jacob that really started with his grandfather, Abraham. And you may remember last week I talked about Noah and his sons, uh, Ham and uh, Shepheth and huh? What? Yeah, okay. You guys got it. Yeah, y'all remember? Okay. Uh, sorry, sometimes I draw a blank here. But we we saw that Noah cursed Ham. He he actually cursed Ham's offspring, Canaan. And here we see God is blessing Jacob and the land of Canaan. He gives to Jacob's descendants. So God blesses obedience. When we disobey, there are consequences. But we, can, we see how God's promises and purposes never fail. And, and he is lining our lives up to, to fulfill the destiny and purpose that he created us for. And sometimes those are tied to other promises from our parents or grandparents or whatever that we may be the fulfillment of those blessings and promises. Reading on in Genesis 4, uh, 48, 5, then Jacob blessed Joseph's two sons, giving them a portion like Jacob's other sons. And so uh, later Jacob speaks prophetically to his other sons. And uh, remember that Jacob was uh, he, he was deceived by his uncle Laban. Uh, if you remember the story, Jacob worked for, he thought he was working seven years for the woman of his dreams, Rachel, and, and Laban tricked him, saying, well, you're, you should have married the older one first. And if you remember the story, uh, Jacob wakes up, and he's thinking that he's been sleek, sleeping with Rachel all night, and he wakes up to find Leah. And he's like, what? Uh, you know, I, I worked all this time for Rachel, and so Laban deceived him and tricked him, and, and Jacob ended up working another seven years for Rachel, his love. But Jacob's children are the key to the promises that God gave to Abraham, his grandfather. And I want to just go back and just kind of lay a foundation on the, on the, the 12 children of, of Jacob and he was, he was married to, to Leah first, and she had six sons and one daughter. Listen, if you haven't read Genesis, you should go back and read it. It is a very interesting book. There's a lot of stuff that happens there, and it's really the foundation for the rest of the Bible. Um, so anyway, Leah had six sons, one daughter. Rachel had two sons. 
Leah had a servant named Zilpah who had two sons and uh, from Jacob, and Rachel had a servant named Bilhah that had two sons. It's kind of weird, but whenever uh, back then, whenever they would marry someone, if they had a servant, sometimes they could sleep with them, and they would become kind of like their wife too. And so these were, were sons of, of Jacob born from the servants of Leah and Rachel. So here are the 12 sons of Jacob in birth order. Leah had Reuben, Simeon, Levi, and Judah. Bilhah, who was Rachel's servant, had Dan and Naphtali. And then Zilpah, Zilpah rather, uh, Leah's servant, had two sons, Gad and Asher. And then Leah had two more sons, Issachar and Zebulun. And then Rachel finally had two sons, Joseph and Benjamin. And we know that during childbirth, uh, Rachel died giving birth to Benjamin. So when the Lord distributed the 12, uh, the land to the 12 tribes, there was, uh, there was Levi didn't receive a portion like the other sons. The tribe of Levi was planted around cities uh, scattered throughout the 12 different tribes, and they were the, the designated, they were set apart as the priests who received provision from the Lord and from the other tribes through their offerings, their tithes and offerings. And um, an, another potential confusion here is Joseph didn't actually get a portion. His two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, got his portion. So even though Levi didn't get a portion, you would say, well, how were there 12 tribes? Well, because the, the difference was made up through uh, Joseph's sons, Ephraim and Manasseh. So you had Levi who didn't, was not allocated uh, a, a piece of, of Israel, but they were, they were to live around the other communities, and uh, they received their provision from the other, the other 11 tribes. And, uh, and so Joseph's portion went to uh, Ephraim and Manasseh. I hope that is not too confusing to you. We were talking about this on Wednesday when we were going through the book of Revelation in our, in our life group. And uh, so anyway, if I confused you, I'm very sorry. Go back and read Genesis. <laughs> so... I wanted to just share some of the, the heroes of the faith and some of the people that came from the different tribes. From the tribe of Levi, Levi came Aaron. And remember, those were the Levites. Those were the priests. And they were uh, designated to be the priest of the whole uh, of Israel. So Aaron and Moses came from Levi. Samuel, Eli, John the Baptist is a descendant from Levi, Judah. From the tribe of Judah came David and Solomon and, and Jesus, Rahab, I think, was part of that tribe. And, and so, you know, these are some of the people that came from those, those uh, tribes. Dan, from the tribe of, of Dan came Samson. You remember the story about Samson? From Naphtali, Barak came from his loins or from his lineage. Joseph's portion was Ephraim and Manasseh that we've already talked about. Uh, Benjamin, uh, some of his... His descendants were Saul, King Saul, uh, Esther, Paul, who wrote two-thirds of the, or most of the New Testament. So here we see how God's promises were manifest through the, the lineage of these different tribes. And, 
God's plans and purpose, his promises and purpose, don't change for us. So my first point is God's promises and purposes may look different and take longer than what you envisioned. My second point is one of the greatest gifts God has given us is a free will. Imagine you go and you interview for a job and they say, I'll hire you, you have the job. Well, you have the choice to show up, right? You can say, well, you know, I don't think I'm kind of tired. I don't feel like starting a job today or for whatever reason. But that could be a significant, have a significant impact on your life, whether you take that job or another job on your family, on your destiny, on your purpose. Receiving Jesus, we know that inviting him into our life has definitely had, changes the tra- trajectory of our lives, right? Our, our life, our marriage, our family, our career, our perspective, our destiny. And so we have the opportunity to choose what we want to do. But God can get us to our destiny if we will yield our will to him. And so I think this is a word for somebody. If, if you feel like you've blown it and it's too late or you, you've messed up too badly, God can still get you to where he wants you to go when we yield to him and say, Lord God, you know, I don't want to keep going around this mountain. I yield to you. And God can still get you to where he wants you to go uh, or, or what he's planned for your destiny. I want to share a little bit. I want to have a ta moment. That stands for transparent, authentic, and honest where I share a little bit about my life and uh, some things that I experienced because I think it's really relevant. Um, when we first got married, I was working at, at the first Valero refinery ever, and uh, the, the, the company was growing. It was doing really well, but I was working rotating shift work, and I really didn't want to continue to work rotating shift work. Sometimes she would call me at 2 or 3 in the morning, and I'm like, what are you doing up? She's like, I can't sleep. I'm on the couch, you know. So long story short, I ended up quitting after about four years. It was a great company, a great job, but I just didn't want to continue to work shift work. And in the meantime, I found a temporary job working at the tech center, the R&D Research and Development Center for selling these chemicals. And it was a temporary job, but, uh, but it was straight days, Monday through Friday, weekends off, and they would typically hire temporary technicians or temporary employees. And then when permanent positions would open up, then a lot of times they would move those temporaries in because they got to see their work history and things like that. And so anyway, I was praying about going to work there full time. And there was a uh, one position open in, in the technician role. And they were going to uh, institute a hiring freeze. And, and so I was really praying about that. I said, Lord, I would really like to have this job. And in the meantime, I had uh, interviewed at Flint Hills Resources, another refinery there. But, uh, and that went well, but it would have been rotating shift work. And I really didn't want to do that. And so uh, in the meantime, Flint Hills had called me and they said, hey, we have 10 positions open and you're first runner up somebody doesn't accept the job or someone doesn't pass the uh, the drug test then you'll move into that slot and so I said okay but in the meantime I was really hoping that I would get this job at Selenies the daytime job and uh, I think it was on a Friday one Friday I saw one of the chemists in the hall and I said hallway and I said hey Jerry uh, did y'all decide on who you're gonna hire for this position he said yeah we're gonna bring somebody back that worked here uh, who was there his name is Bobby 
And I said, okay. All right, well, thanks. And I was disappointed, but here's, here's something that I think is relevant. Um, typically, I worked, you know, 7.30 to 4, but this particular time I was working a 3 to 11 shift that we would occasionally have to work shift work. And, and so basically the whole facility was empty except for the guys running the units out and the operators. And so you know what I did? I went outside and I began to praise God. I said, Lord God, I thank you that I didn't get this job because I've been praying. I've been praying your will, and I pray that you, well, I know that you have a better job for me than this. And I literally began to sing and worship and praise God. And then because I was working this 3 to 11 shift, my parents lived like three or four minutes away, literally. And so I went over there and, and had dinner with them and and my wife calls me, and she said, hey, Nida from HR is trying to get in touch with you. And she's called the lab a couple of times, and you haven't answered. And I said, yeah, okay. I, I told her, I said, well, I know that they filled that job that I was hoping to get. Bobby got that job, and uh, she's probably calling to tell me that I didn't get the job. I'll call her when I get back to the lab. So I got back to the lab, and I called her, and Nida says, hey, I'm, I'm calling to offer you a job. And I said, well, I talked to Jerry, and, and he said that y'all had hired Bobby. And she said, yeah, that's true. But we had a meeting today, and she said, the site director said, I'm going to put my neck on the line, even though there's a hiring freeze. And I knew, I knew the site director. I mean, I knew who he was, and he knew who I was, but we weren't like friends or anything. I really didn't know him that well. And, and she said that the site director said he's going to put his neck on the line and he's creating a position and he wants to hire you. And, and here's the other thing, too. It was the job that I was hoping to get was in this one division and this job that was created was in a different division that was kind of the star of the company. And so God, you know, I saw this as God creating a job for me, but it was happening at the same time when I was out praising God and thanking Him for answering my prayer, even not knowing. And here's another part of the story. It was a few days later, maybe a week later, Flynn Hills called me and I said, hey, we're calling to offer you a job. And I said, well, thank you, but I already have one. And if that would have been reversed, you know, I probably would have taken the job at Flynn Hills. But God had a purpose and a plan, and God was orchestrating all of that. And then fast forward a number of years later, they, they decided to close the tech center down where Steve and I worked. And they said, we're, we're not going to hire any technicians because there's a whole uh, a bunch of technicians in the Houston area, and we're just going to hire somebody locally. Anyway, Steve called me one day. I was, I'd been out of, I was out of town, and he said, hey, they offered me a job. In Houston, I said, I, I thought they weren't going to bring any of us to Houston. And when I got back, I had a job offer to come to Houston. That's what got me up here. You know, God could have used any mechanism that he wanted, but that was the process that God took me through. And even though I wasn't sure of how all of this was going to work out, I had no plans. We had no plans to pioneer a church. We didn't have, that wasn't on our radar even though the first word of prophecy I've ever, I'd ever been given was that you're called to preach. And so I say all that to say that there are things in your life where God is orchestrating things that you may not even be aware of that he's planned for you. 
And so many times we see promises in the Word of God. Many times we've received, received prophetic personal words. And if God has given you a word, just hang on to that word because he can bring it to pass. He will bring it to pass if we yield to him. And if we keep the right perspective, see, when I went out and began to praise God, I think that's when that job was created right then. Because I could have said, what's up? What's up, God? Why didn't you do this for me? You knew I... But I, but I had this perspective that God was for me and God was going to work it all out. That's where faith comes in. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. And let me tell you, in between some of this, I didn't go into all the details. I left Selenese and went to work for another company in a permanent position. I prayed over that resume. I, re I anointed that thing with oil. I got that job. It was a job from hell. I'm like, God, why did you put me here? And he's like, you wanted to be here? So I put you here. So that's when I left that company. I went back to Selenese, and then it transpired where I got a permanent position. But all that to say, you need to be careful what you pray for. <laughs> so God's promises and purposes may look differently and, and take longer than what you think. But are you patient? You know, I remember I was telling Steve earlier that uh, when I got offered this permanent position at, uh, at Selenese, one of the managers, Larry Wheeler, he was kind of a suave older guy, you know. He was real cool. And he, he kind of strolled down the, aisle, uh, down the hallway and he stopped. He said, hey, Mark, uh, congratulations on your new job. Good things come to those who wait. And I said, yeah, Larry, thank you. Good things come to those who wait on the Lord. <laughs> so there was all these opportunities to share the hope and, and plant seeds of faith. But uh, my second point is one of the greatest gifts God has given us is a free will. Think about when your child comes to you or your grandchild. They don't, they're not being manipulated. You don't have candy or dollar bills that you're handing them. And they come up and they just want to hug you because they love you. And so when we, when we have this relationship with the Lord like that, God honors that. That pleases his heart. My third point is the promise and the problems are part of the process to God's destiny for you. I want to jump ahead 1,200 years after Joseph. Jeremiah was writing to the leaders in, uh, in Babylon that had been taken captivity from Israel. And... Uh, he, he tells them that they're going to be in captivity for 70 years. Now, I'm going to read the scripture in a minute, and many of us have read the scripture and quoted the scripture and thinking that it's for us. And it is for us, and it is for Jeremiah, but he was writing to people in captivity, and he was saying, you're going to be in Babylon in a paganistic, ungodly society for 70 years. And the, the, the problem was they continued to turn away from God and then they would be taken into captivity. Then they would cry out, Lord God, we'll serve you. And then he would release them from cap captivity. So this is one of those situations. So he tells them they're going to be in captivity for 70 years. And he tells them to marry. He says, you're going to be there for a while. So marry, build homes, plant gardens, etc." And he tells them to pray for peace and prosperity in the city where they are exiled to. Because he says, your welfare will depend on their welfare. And so I want to kind of throw this in. This is one reason we need to pray for our nation because we have a vested interest in what happens here. 
We need to pray for our leaders, our, our national leaders, not just the, the political but spiritual leaders, you know, the, the local leadership. We need to be praying for them because the decisions that are made have a direct impact on us and our children and their children. Um, so we need to vote. We, you know, I, we've got the primaries coming up on Tuesday. Go and vote. Pray and ask the Lord, who should I vote for? And sometimes I know it's hard to vote for, uh, you know, to know who to vote for. But we need to vote for people that reflect our godly values as much as we can because their decisions impact us. And we see some of the craziness going on around us. So try to vote for Christians as much as you can to be in office. But this is what Jeremiah writes in Jeremiah 29, 10-14. And remember, he's writing to those that have been exiled. He says, this is what the Lord says. You will be in Babylon for 70 years. And this was a result of them worshiping idols, turning away from God. Then he says in verse, uh, well, let me read all of 10. This is what the Lord says. You will be in Babylon for 70 years, but then I will come and do for you all the good things I have promised. So again, he's reminding Israel, even though they're in captivity, of the things that he had promised them. And, and so again, you may think at some point in time, well, listen, I've blown it, it's all over. But as long as there's breath, there's hope. So there are consequences for sin. However, repentance and yielding to the Lord can still allow your purpose to be fulfilled. God has a great purpose and plan for you. He goes on to write in verse 11, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster. They are plans for, for good and not, not, not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. So sometimes we need to be reminded of our future. Sometimes we need some hope when we're going through the problems that sandwich between the promise and the purpose. In those days, when you pray, I will listen. He says, if you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. If, if you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. And that's a promise for us today as well. That's a promise for the people that are going through all kinds of situations that have no hope. If they will turn to God, he will hear from heaven. He goes on to write, I will gather you out of the nations where I sent you and will bring you home again to your own land. He's saying, you're going to be there 70 years. These are the consequences. But I'm going to bring you back. And so they were in the problem. They were having a problem. They were in captivity. But he said, if you continue to seek me, I will hear from heaven, and I will deliver you. I will bring you back into this land. That was, a, that was a, probably an unbelievable thing for them. They're like, how are we ever going to get back? How, how is that ever going to happen? And you may have uh, things that God has placed on your heart, and you say, how is that ever going to happen? Well, God can make it happen if we will yield, when we yield to him. Consider that you go see a movie, and uh, you take a friend with you, and actually, this is the second time you've seen the movie. And you have compassion for the main character. 
Because the main character has gone through some unfortunate situations where maybe they were abused as a child or maybe they've been rejected or whatever the situation has been. And so in the movie, when you're watching the movie, the main character, you kind of have compassion for this person. And then you see that, that the main character has even created more problems for themselves because they've made some bad decisions, some poor decisions based on maybe their woundedness or rejection or whatever. But, but your friend is with you, and they're really touched by what's going on. But you've seen the movie, and you're like, it's okay. It's okay. It's, it's all going to work out okay. Well, consider that our life is like a movie. We have, we have God's promises. Maybe we're dealing with some things in our own lives where we've been rejected or we have these wounds. And maybe we've created problems for ourselves because we've made some bad decisions based on our woundedness or our rejection or whatever. But have we come to a place where we can say, Lord, I'm going to allow the problems and misunderstandings to shape my character because I know that you have a purpose and a plan for me that's greater than what I can even see. Am I willing to allow you to build resilience in me so that you can deliver me into the, per, the, the promise and the destiny that you created me for? Am I willing to go through the, pro, the, the, the process as you're building my character? Listen, that's not easy. Nobody wants to talk about the process. They didn't want to talk about the promise and, and the purpose and see that fulfilled. But as we yield to the Lord, we find that God is more concerned about our character than he is our comfort. And he's concerned about our comfort, too, because if you look at most of us, we're so blessed, especially living in this nation. Pastor Christina and I have everything we need and most of what we want. But it's not about the material things. It's about the blessings of God that God has chosen you. You may say, I don't know why he would choose me. And some of the people around you might be saying, I don't know either. <laughs> But here's the fact. God has chosen you, and he's called you, and he's given you a specific purpose and destiny and plan. And that's when we're going to walk in the fullness of life is when we're fulfilling what God created us to do. So this is a life application series that I think will really maybe help us to shift our thinking and our paradigms to come into alignment with God's purpose and will and plan for our lives. As we see what God has taken Joseph through, many of the things he went, to, went through were not his fault. But God used those to shape him and prepare him for his destiny. So God's promises and purposes may look different and take longer than what you envisioned. They probably will. One of the greatest gifts... God has given us his free will. The promise and the problems are part of the process to God's destiny for you.